uh, Dennis Crisman, a friend of Robert McPherson, um, uh, in Col that's Colorado, right, brother, uh, from his church. Uh, he lost his wife uh, this week, so we do want to remember the Crisman family out in Colorado tonight as well. All right, okay, all right, well, let's go ahead and take our Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter 17, and we've just been motoring right along through the book of Proverbs and still got a ways to go. Uh, but I uh, hope it's been a blessing to you and a challenge. And, and uh, last week we just had uh, several verses and we just kind of went through them one at a time. And we're going to do the same thing tonight uh, as well. We won't read the whole text together for time's sake, but we'll just take them one at a time. But tonight we're talking about what to accept uh, and what uh, to reject. You know, there's things, you know, in our life that we need to, to have in our life, and there's things in our life that we don't need to have. And, and uh, we've seen that throughout our study of the book of Proverbs. And, and so it isn't anything new. I don't think I have my cord. There we go. Uh, uh, we've seen a lot of things that God desires to, to have in our life. Uh, uh, and what we mean by that, we're not necessarily talking about just material things, although it includes material things, but, but also attitudes, you know, characteristics. Um, uh, and certain, and even certain people, um, their their you know attitudes, characteristics, certain people uh, that God desires for us to have in our life. You know, certain certain things that are good for us to be around and to have. Now, on the other hand, though, there are a lot of things that God doesn't want us to have in our life. There are certain types of attitudes that He doesn't want us to have. You know, and we've kind of kidded around about that, but it's true. You know, we all probably suffer with a bad attitude every once in a while. You ever get a bad attitude? Amen. Yeah, I do. You know, we, we do. And so that's something that's a work of the flesh and something that we don't want to accept in our life. Certainly there's uh, bad characteristic traits that God would have us stay away from. And, of course, even, you know, of course we always think of young people, but, but, but any age there also are certain people that God desires that we avoid or, or not be influenced by. And uh, so, again, there's, there's things that we need to accept into our life. There are things that we need to reject in our life. And, and we're going to see some specific things that God says um, uh, concerning what to accept and what to reject in our life. And we'll just jump right into it. And so, number one, uh, accept friends, uh, accept, accept friends, that is, who stick with you through the good and the bad. And um, again, we've talked about these uh, subject matters already, but, but again, God's bringing them up again, so we will as well. But verse 17 says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You know, through my Bible reading uh, each year, uh, I read through the Old Testament once, the New Testament twice, and um, uh, I'm in the book of Job right now. So I, I was thinking about the, the book of Job when I read this, and and, um, uh, you know, uh, I'm also reminded of the story of, of what we call the prodigal son and, uh, that Jesus shared. And, and when he had money and, and he was the life of the party, he had friends, <laughs> you know. But, but when the money and the fun ran out, so did his friends. And, and uh, certainly they weren't, uh, weren't good friends. But certainly a true friend will stick with you, you know, even in the bad. And, and that's really important. Uh, but there's other things, you know, that we could think about here as well. Um, here, here's something I think that, that isn't always comfortable, but I think is really the best way to tell if someone is really a friend to you. Um, in other words, I think that there are those out there that what we would call fair-weather friends. 
Um, and, and basically, they'll just kind of tell you what you want to hear. You know, it's just like, you know, uh, hey, if, if, if it makes you feel good, and, and even though it may not be true, hey, I'll go along with it. Now, that may sound like somebody who really loves you, okay? But if they really loved you, they wouldn't let you go along with something that isn't good for you, right? And, and so, so, but a true friend, he, he's, gonna, he's not going to tell you everything that you want to hear, but he's going to tell you what you need to hear. And, and that's really what a true friend is, and we ought to thank God for those, although they may, may rub us the wrong way sometimes. But that's really what a true friend is. And the reason I say that is somebody that just always tells you what you want to hear, that always just wants to go along with, even if there's some things in your life that are not good for you, they're really not concerned, what I, what I would say, they're not concerned with your total well-being. You know, they're, they're more concerned about just having a good friendship with you. Um, and, and that's okay, I suppose, to a certain degree. But they're, other than that, they don't really care about your total being. But a good friend, they, they are concerned about your total well-being. Uh, and, and they love you and they'll care about you. And again, they'll tell you things that you need to hear, even if they're uncomfortable. So accept friends who stick with you through the good uh, and the bad. Number two. Uh, I'm going to put in parentheses here, for the most part, <laughs> reject being a cosigner for a friend. Look at verse 18. It says, A man void of understanding striketh hands and become a surety in the presence uh, of his friend. And we've looked at this already, uh, Proverbs chapter 6, Proverbs chapter 11, um, almost worded exactly the same. And I don't believe that we could take the Bible and say that it 100% tells us definitely never do this but i do believe that it certainly warns us <laughs> and gives us discernment and if i had to 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 say what i believe the bible teaches about loaning friends money and those types of things in this case uh putting up like being a cosigner is what we would call this today i'm going to say that most of the time it's not a good idea and especially if you're younger, I think probably if you're younger, probably never, <laughs> amen. And so now that's a little bit of my own, you know, uh, uh, feelings there as well. Um, what I'm saying is I believe the Bible does teach us that it's usually not wise to do those types of things. In other words, when it comes to friends. Um, uh, uh, and I would say this. You know, you know, if, 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 if you do think that, okay, I, I, I do want to be a co-signer for a friend, I'll be honest with you, I've, I've done this before, uh, and, and it turned out okay. But, but, but I would say that if, if you feel like that, that it is something that you need to do, don't do it if you think that if there was a default that they would never be your friend again. What I'm saying is, is be willing to take the hit. Amen? I mean, if you say, I'm going to co-sign for you, and I mean, anything could happen. It might not even be their fault. They might, like the man that we just prayed for a while ago, he, you know, he, you get hurt. They can't make money. Now, you have, to, you have to pay it. And what you need to tell yourself is something like that happens, will I still be able to love him like a, like a friend? And, and if not, then don't do it. Amen? Uh, you know, uh, my dad told me a long time ago, don't ever loan somebody something you can do without. Amen? Think about it. You know, you might get it back, you might not get it. If it's something you absolutely cannot do without, then don't loan it to them because you might not get it back. That's pretty wise. <laughs> and it's the same thing. Listen, if you're going to co-sign for somebody, 
there needs to be a part of you that says, you know, I, I better expect to have to pay this back. And if that's going to hurt my friendship, then don't do it. You see, the friendship's more important than the co-signing. And uh, so again, what we're talking about here is we don't want to do things that put strains on relationships. That's, that's what this is about. And uh, so be willing to accept his debt unconditionally if need be, uh, or, or, or don't do it. And, and uh, uh, you know, not that it would always be wrong, again, but, but again, I, I, you know, I think that we really need to use a lot of caution and discernment uh, to do that. And I would even look at it the other way. Um, you know, I don't, uh, you know, again, I, you know, we, I, I know sometimes things happen and, and, and so forth, so I don't want to want to say never, never, ever. But, but again, uh, you know, uh, I, I would find it hard to go to somebody and ask them to do that for me. I, I wouldn't want to put that on them. Does that make sense? And so it takes a lot of discernment and a, and a lot of things there. Always remember the friendship's valuable. And uh, sometimes money changes things. All right, number three, uh, reject prideful behavior. Look at verse 19. He loveth transgression uh, that loveth strife, and he that exalteth his gate seeketh destruction. He that exalteth his gate is somebody that brags a lot. Um, and we see there the mention of strife, you know, together with prideful behavior. Uh, and that always, you know, that just that's that's just a good way to pick a fight. I mean, you know, sooner or later somebody, you know, there, there's going to be some clashing going on there. Um, and, and certainly, you know, people that brag a lot, I mean, it's just really brings a lot of negative attention to themselves. And it's certainly something that we need to try to stay away from in our own life. You know, uh, being a bragger and, and, you know, and I know sometimes we're kidding and joking and stuff, but, but uh, uh, we probably know people that brag. I mean, there's, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a couple guys right now. They'd have to be 350 years old to be able to do all the things they've ever done. <laughs> I mean, they've done it all and they've done it the best. And, and uh, so, but they, they'd have to be centuries old to be able to do that. Uh, but uh, uh, boasting of your abilities, you know, listen, th that gets on people's nerves. <laughs> and so we need to be careful about that. And it'll bring a lot of strife um, uh, in your life. So we need to reject prideful behavior. Number four, number four, reject having crookedness uh, in your life. Verse 20, he that hath a forward heart, forward means crooked, uh, findeth no good, and he that hath a perverse tongue, Talk about speech again, falleth into mischief. Um, so we're talking here, a forward heart is a perverse heart, twisted, crooked. Uh, that would certainly include all immoral behavior, you know, whether it's lying, cheating, stealing, those types of things. Um, and, and, of course, we know that if, if we're going to do right, we have to think right, you know. And I think that's important. Um, if we're going to say the right things, then we need to be thinking the right things uh, as well. And we're going to look at speech again toward the end of the lesson, but we see it mentioned here in verse 20. And really, we've learned that speech is really the biggest, you know, I mean, the, 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 the book of Proverbs, I mean, just goes on and on and on about the words that we say. And um, certainly a perverse tongue is somebody that, that twists things around. They, they slyly, if you will, use words to, to hide a truth of a matter is what it's talking about there. So their words are, are crooked, they're twisted. And why is that? Well, because their heart is crooked and twisted. 
and so their their speech is as well uh, and the Bible says those kinds of people are certainly going to fall into mischief and so we must reject uh, any type of crookedness in our life and certainly that would be some types of people that you would want to avoid so reject having crookedness in your life number five accept the responsibility of dis uh, disciplining your children look at verse 21 he that begetteth a fool doeth it to his sorrow and so the the implication in this particular instance is somebody that has allowed their children to to basically walk over them they haven't disciplined them because it, it makes it plain that that this uh, father begetteth uh, that in other words he allowed that to happen and uh, boy you know this one here i mean this is important as we think about uh uh, young people today he that begetteth a fool doeth to his to his sorrow in other words the dad's sorrow and the father of a fool hath no joy i mean boy we know that's true don't we and um, uh, you know this is really telling us that and it's not always the case there, there there's some that that you know just they they go off in the wrong direction despite being raised right but but usually i think we have to be honest it's parents that beget foolish children I mean, they, you know, the decisions they make, the things that they allow their children to listen to and to watch, uh, it produces a certain character in them. Amen. And the Bible makes that very plain. And uh, so we need to, to understand, the th understand some things. Again, it's not always the case, not, not trying to say that uh, uh, if, if your child has run amok that, that it's necessarily your fault. But I think we'd all have to, to agree that probably most of the time that it is, generally speaking, uh, with mankind today. I remember years ago I was at a barbershop, and uh, I was getting my hair cut because that's what you do at a barbershop, you get your hair cut. And uh, I was sitting in there, and this... Uh, uh, I would say a younger dad. He was probably, he might have been 30, maybe, you know, in that area. And he had a little girl with him. She's probably about four or five. And um, uh, he was trying to get his hair cut. And, uh, man, that girl was, I mean, vicious. I mean, it was bad. I mean, she had no fear of anybody. And she was trying to go out of the barbershop. You know, and he's in the chair, and I'm trying to, you know, and she's like, don't touch me! You know, that's got, you know, and I was like, ugh, somebody needs to touch you <laughs> really hard and fast for a long time. And, um, uh, but, and he's, you know, you could tell he has no control over her, and, and, and he's almost kind of smiling about it. He, he, you know, he's just like, like, this guy's oblivious. And um, I was thinking about that today, because that's been several years ago. And, and unless something dramatic changed, I bet he's got a lot of sorrow tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I'm speculating. But according to this verse, that could very well be true. You know, and, and, and again, that, that's sad uh, because, again, as far as I could tell, I want to be careful here, he, he was begetting that, and he was bringing that sorrow on himself. And uh, so we have, to, we have to take these things seriously. And, uh, you know, we have to reject this notion that, that there's no connection to how a child is raised and how they turn out. There's a lot of people who want to tell you there's no connection. There's a connection, amen. Uh, anybody with any common sense would knows that. Uh, a lot of times, you know, you hear me say that, that the Bible teaches us as parents we have to raise our children on purpose. There are certain things you have to do uh, if you uh, want them uh, to have a chance to turn out right. Amen? Amen. All right.
So number five, accept the responsibility of disciplining your children. Uh, number six, reject a negative attitude and accept a positive attitude. Look at verse 22. I, I like this uh, verse. and we'll, we'll be kind of quick on these. But uh, it says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. You know, it's been proven medically that a good attitude improves your health. Amen. And I believe that to be true, not because the doctors have proven it, but because God says it. <laughs> a merry heart is good medicine, right? And uh, so, uh, so I believe that. And uh, so, so uh, a good attitude improves your health. Uh, the Bible uh, has uh, revealed that for, for many, many uh, millennium now. Uh, and, and a Christian, you know, I say that too because uh, a Christian, really, we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to be happy for. And that word happy, you know, really, merry, happy, it means the same thing. It's, it's, a, it's an emotion. It's, it's something that, that uh, puts a smile on your face. Amen? And uh, so we do praise the Lord for that. It's, it's good for you to be happy. On the other hand, a broken spirit, you know, uh, you know, wowsy, 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 you know, you know, dryeth the bones. Amen? And uh, it, it withers us physically. Amen? And uh, so a Christian has so much to be thankful for. So, so again, I think that's some wonderful uh, advice. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. All right, number seven, reject bribes of any kind. Uh, verse 23, a wicked man taketh a gift out of the bosom to pervert the ways of judgment. Uh, this has to do with with uh, allowing money or, or some type of gain. It doesn't necessarily have to be money, but maybe some type of power, influence. But you're getting that to influence you to, to be uh, or do or be a part of something that is wrong. In other words, uh, you know, uh, this goes against what I usually do, but because the price is right, um, you know, I'm going to let it go this time. That's something you need to stay away from. I don't know about you, but... You know, um, you know, I, I, I've always admired someone, man or, or woman, that stood by their convictions. You know, even if I didn't totally agree with them, um, to me that was just an integrity thing. You know, but, but these folks that, you know, get up and make a big long speech about how something ought to be and what they're going to do and what they're not going to be a part of, but when it's convenient and expedient, they seem to falter and change. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, I don't like that. You know, let your yay be yay and your nay be nay, amen? And uh, so we need to uh, be careful with those types of things. So money, material gain should never cause us to go against certainly biblical convictions, amen? Um, and, and I tell you, I, uh, there's this, I don't know, movement, I guess you could, you could call it, uh, creeping into our independent Baptist churches and, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, Bible convictions, they want to tag on there and say, well, that's just your preference. And let me tell you something. The, 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 there's, you know, I, I do have some preferences, but they're based on my convictions and they're based on what I believe the Bible teaches. Amen. And uh, so, I, you know, I, I think we just need to, to, to understand that, that having convictions is a good thing. Amen. And we need to stick with them. Uh, unless just totally proven wrong in something. But here the picture, I think, is really possibly a judge uh, perverting justice for money, and certainly that's, that's wrong. 
But we, again, we can make that application a lot of ways. Uh, if, if a conviction of yours can be compromised in, in some way, then it really wasn't a conviction at all. It really was just a preference. Uh, and, and convictions, uh, listen, they're set in place. They're unmovable. Um, uh, and I think it's something that, uh, especially if it's something that's based on the Word of God, we need to stick with. We never compromise biblical truth for expediency or convenience. Amen? Never compromise biblical truth for expediency or convenience. Number eight, um, accept the obvious truth when it is revealed to you. You know, sometimes we're wrong about things. Amen? Amen? You know, maybe some of you are right every single time, but, but not me. I, I've been wrong about some things. And if you don't believe me, you just ask Miss Dana. She'll, she'll tell you. Amen. So look at verse 24. Wisdom is before him that hath understanding, but the eyes of a fool are in the ends uh, of the earth. Uh, you know, we've heard that saying, you can't see the forest for the trees. And we can get so narrow-minded about things. Sometimes we're so focused on what might be that we don't see what actually is. <laughs> you know, and I've been guilty of that uh, over the years. Um, and certainly this has to do with a lot of the Proverbs do, really wisdom versus foolishness. Wisdom has everything to do with the Bible. Always remember that. Uh, so important to understand. You know, um, I talked to a young man, it's been quite a while ago, and he was searching. And, uh, but, but he just he had this philosophical, intellectual view of God. It wasn't based on being a sinner and heaven and hell and Jesus Christ dying on a cross. It was just like there has to be a higher power. There has to be a higher being. And, of course, I was trying to talk to him, and, and he asked me, he, he, he said, have you ever, uh, have you ever watched uh, uh, Morgan Freeman? He's an actor. And I don't know if he's saved or not, but probably not. But, but he talked about uh, how Morgan Freeman uh, had a show where he discussed, Morgan Freeman did, the existence of God. And this young man told me, you need to watch that. <laughs> and I said, well, <clears throat> I, I have a Bible <laughs> that tells me all about the existence of God. And Mr. Freeman might be a great man, I don't know, but, but I believe I'll go by what the Word of God says instead of what, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Freeman says, amen. And uh, so, uh, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, to me, when when I see folks like that, they're they're tripping over the truth to for, to search for something that is not. You know, it's like they step on the truth to 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 accept something that's not truth, and that's sad. It's devastating uh, to see that, and uh, so we need to accept the obvious truth when it's revealed to you. And of course, this has everything to do with the Word of God. You know, how many times do we as believers, though, we, we ignore the obvious sometimes. We just don't want to believe that, that our child would be involved in that. We don't want to believe that, that uh, uh, you know, that, that, that things are the way they are. Um, and, and I tell you guys, and I understand it. I've, I've been challenged in those areas myself. But in our search for God's direction, we, you know, sometimes, have you ever felt like you were going in the direction of God only to find out that you weren't going in the direction of God? I have, you know. And again, it was that, you know, there, there are times in my life when it just, you know, my, I lost my focus there. And I found out that really it was my own direction uh, instead of, of the obvious truth of the Word of God. So it's something that we all need to guard ourselves with, except the obvious truth when it is revealed to you. Number nine, 
accept the responsibility of being a good child to your parents. And looking around, most of us, uh, some of us parents are probably in heaven, but, but uh, certainly something that needs to be uh, reminded of. A foolish son, verse 25, a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her that bear him. And uh, so I believe foolish behavior from a child of any age is a grief to their parents. Um, a good friend of mine back in North Carolina, uh, his daddy lived to be 100, and, and uh, he was probably way up in his 70s, and, and at that time he had a, a son that was probably uh, in his mid-50s and so forth, and, and um, uh, his, his son that was in his mid-50s uh, struggled with substance abuse of all kind, and it was just such a grief, not only to him, but his grandfather. And it was heartbreaking to see him. Both of these were godly men. Uh, uh, the grandfather was a preacher and planted a bunch of churches in North Carolina during the Depression and stuff. And, and it was just, it, it was sad to see. And certainly that's something that God's not pleased with. We don't want to be that kind of child. Number 10, reject disrespect of good leaders. Verse 26, uh, also to punish the just is not good, nor to strike princes for equity. Um, We've already spoke of how God hates it when the righteous are treated unjustly. And here, what we're seeing is the persecution, uh, slander, if you will, of, of leaders who are actually doing the right things. God doesn't like that. Uh, and, and we've seen it uh, over the years. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily saying they were Christians or anything, but, but uh, you know, just what we might consider good leaders, uh, a lot of times they are frowned upon uh, for the most part. And that's, that's not good. Uh, so, you know, anytime a leader, whether they realize they're doing it or not, but anytime a leader stands up for a biblical principle and they come under attack, again, that's something that, that God doesn't take lightly, amen, and that he's not pleased with. And so we need to reject disrespect of good leaders. And then finally, number 11, accept the responsibility of controlling your tongue. So we're back to the controlling our tongue, controlling our speech, controlling what we say. Verse 27 and 28 together, He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. Amen. That's, that's pretty good right there. I'm going to read that one again. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise. And he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. You know, I told you I've been reading, you know, reading the book of Job of late, and, and, uh, Job's friends, when they came, they sat with him, I think, seven days or so forth. might have been longer, but they sat many, many days with him and never said a word. And that's when they did their best. <laughs> when they started talking, they blew it. Amen. <laughs> and, um, hey, listen, this is about, you know, when we, when, this is really talking about words. Words always reveal our emotions. Always need to remember that. And, and so this is really more about keeping our, our emotions in check. And, and, and as we've learned over and over, not everything needs to be said. Miss Anita and I were talking about, uh, you know, today's uh, culture and the instant uh, way you can communicate, you know. And, and uh, some silly little girl gets upset about something and, and just immediately blabs it all over social media, you know. And that's not good. And, and, and so this is about, about our emotions. And, and not everything needs to be said or even has to be said. Even if it may be true, it doesn't always need to be said. Amen. And so the wise person knows 
certainly when and, and, and when not to. And let me just say this, it's usually best not to, amen. And, and certainly we never want to repeat hearsay or gossip. I said we never want to repeat hearsay or gossip, amen. And uh, verse 28, as I brought your attention to, says a lot that even a fool can seem wise when he holds his tongue. <laughs> Amen. You know, and, uh, but those who like to babble and run their mouth, and uh, God, not me, God calls them fools. I mean, uh, so that, that, says, uh, that says a lot, I tell you what. The book of James sums it up very well uh, in James chapter 1, verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. Slow to wrath. You know, something that we really need uh, to to understand. Um, uh, you know, our our words <laughs> can get us into more trouble and hurt more people and leave a wake of destruction uh, that uh, is 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 very very destructive. And we don't want to be a part of that. So, accept the responsibility of controlling your tongue. So, I'm going to ask you, if you will, to go ahead and stand with your heads bowed. Here's the invitation tonight. Um, I don't know about you, but I've probably failed in some degree or in some way with every one of these tonight at different points in my life, even after I was saved. And uh, here's the invitation. You know, may, maybe, you're, maybe you're doing good. Maybe, maybe as I read those off, you, nothing came to your mind. And praise the Lord. I, I'm, I'm glad about that. And, and praise the Lord that you're yielded to the Holy Spirit of God. That's, that's wonderful. But... Uh, we, we never want to get puffed up about those things. In other words, we, we all have the tendency to struggle in these different areas. Maybe not all of them, but some of them. And so I would just, the invitation would be this tonight. Just come and ask God to help you to discern <clears throat> what to accept in your life, what not to accept in your life. And uh, maybe there's some folks you have on your mind tonight. May, you know, the holidays always kind of, you know, the holidays certainly can bring about some great emotions and warmth and family and those types of things but what's hard when you're when you're struggling with your family and and christmas and thanksgiving those types of things roll around it just seems to kind of make the situation a little worse and um, so maybe just come and do business with uh with the lord tonight ask him to give you discernment uh to give you knowledge understanding um, and uh, there's things that that uh we need to accept there's certain characteristics there's certain attitudes uh, maybe as i said a while ago maybe even certain people in our life that that we just need to ask god to give us direction uh, concerning so father we ask you to bless this invitation tonight and father speak to our hearts in a mighty and powerful way i believe these were some things that are very very important and uh, father i know we didn't spend a lot of time on each one but but father just some things that that i think are practical and and certainly uh, could bring a lot of blessing into our life, Lord, if we'll apply them and, and listen to what the Word of God says. And so, Father, help us tonight. I pray that your people will come. Lord, if there's anybody here tonight, Lord, that's not saved, that's never accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, that they would understand that Jesus Christ has paid a price for them, has made a way of escape for them to make heaven their home someday. And so, Father, I pray that you might speak to their heart as well when the invitation is given that they might come. And we would love to take the word of God and, and uh, share how they can be saved. So, Father, we just pray you'll have your will and your way in this service. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. The invitation's open. As Brother Brad begins to play something, you step out and come. Come and do business with the Lord tonight.
Still time to come if you need to come. There's a lot of things on our prayer list that were mentioned and some folks that are battling sickness and um, different kinds of issues. Maybe you want to just come and maybe lift some of them up in prayer tonight. We have Bible study on Wednesday night, but it's also prayer time as well. Just want to encourage you to take advantage of this as a church family as we come together uh, to pray and pray for one another. So the invitation is open. God's speaking to your heart. You step out and come. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother brother Brad. appreciate that. All right. Well, we're, uh, things are fixing to get busy at Central Calvary Baptist Church in the next few days and uh, over the next couple of weeks. So let's tend to remember each other. Make sure you keep up with the bulletin. And, of course, uh, just want to uh, invite everybody to our Christmas dinner <clears throat> after the services this Sunday. Looking forward to that. Teens be in prayer. Teens got a Christmas party Friday. The ladies got... Uh, Christmas party Saturday. Uh, men are having breakfast. By the way, men, if you want to come and join us for breakfast on Saturday, this Saturday morning at 8:30, and uh, just come and uh, be a part of that. Uh, Brother Brad will be bringing a devotion for us. I'm sure he's going to do a great job. And uh, so come and have some biscuits and gravy and all that good stuff. Bacon and uh, uh, bacon always makes everything better, doesn't it? Amen. You know, uh, Mary Hart does does the heart good and and uh, uh, is good medicine, and so is bacon. Uh, bacon bacon makes me happy. Amen, amen. So praise the Lord. But uh, come be a part of that as well. So a lot of things to get involved with, and and again a lot of traveling and those types of things going on as well. And uh, don't forget to check your Christmas card table, and uh, we'll go ahead and be uh, dismissed uh, in prayer tonight. I'll go ahead and dismiss us, Father. Again, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for loving us the way that you do as well. And, uh, Lord, we just thank you for the word of God, Lord. And, and uh, Father, you know, the book of Proverbs, uh, certainly there's some, some wonderful truths there that can really get a hold of our heart. And, Father, they uh, remind us of, of um, uh, the Lord and forgiveness and mercy and grace. Uh, Father, what we learned tonight wasn't necessarily 
powerful in that way, but just good practical truths and things that we need uh, in our lives. And Lord, we're so thankful for the Bible, for the Word of God. And uh, Father, we just pray that as, as your people, Lord, that we would hold the Word of God in high esteem. And Father, that we would uh, study every word, every jot and tittle. Uh, 